Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. In fact, uh, we just wrapped up our Spring Freedom Banquet, and later this hour we're going to give you an update about that and the tremendous pro-life message that Senator Rick Santorum delivered at the Spring Freedom Banquet in Columbus. And later in the year, we'll have one in Northeast Ohio here in the Akron, Cleveland area, so you want to stay tuned for that. These are always great patriotic events, and one in which uh, really encourages all the attendees. And that is our intent at the Freedom Banquet, is to talk about the uh, essentials of freedom that we enjoy in this country and to keep the beacons of liberty lit. And that's what we try to do at the Ohio Christian Alliance. Well, we have a good friend with us on the program today, and that's Congressman Bill Johnson of Ohio's 6th District. But just before we get to the congressman to talk about some important issues that are being deliberated on in Washington right now, let's go to this clip from Fox News about the baby formula shortage in the country right now. So you moms out there, uh, you really have our hearts and our ears on this thing. And so let's go to this clip to find out what's going on. Joining me right now is the Florida Congresswoman herself who exposed this at the border. Kat Kamak is here. She's a member of the Homeland Security and Agricultural Committees. Congresswoman, thanks very much for being here. Uh, I know Congress is set to take the issue up this week, but tell us what you saw and react to what you just heard from Buttigieg. Well, good morning, Maria. And, you know, yesterday I was on the border myself and the facts on the ground are exactly how how we have been stating them. You know, last week I received text messages and photos from Border Patrol agents showing a stockpile of baby formula. And there was complete outrage from the White House and CNN and other liberal outlets claiming that we were lying. So I decided to go down myself and film it. And lo and behold, not only was there stocked warehouses, but there were multiple stocked warehouses that have been not only filled with baby formula and diapers and wipes and clothing, but they have been doing this for months and there's more in route. And this just points again to how out of touch this administration is. And that was Congresswoman Kat Kamerick uh, from Florida talking about the baby formula shortage and the outrage uh, that there is pallets upon pallets and warehouses of baby formula when Americans American households and families are short uh, and having difficulty finding baby formula. Uh, it, it is down there on the border to be given to illegals crossing over into this country. And it, it, what gets me about that report, and you were probably listening, the outrage wasn't uh, to the congresswoman wasn't that uh, this was happening. It was an outrage that she was exposing it. Well, to talk about it more and other issues is Congressman Bill Johnson of Ohio's 6th District, our good friend. Congressman, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks, Chris. Good to be with you. As the as the world turns again in the Biden administration in these years of the administration, it's just one insanity after another. Uh, your thoughts on that? Well, I, I know Kat Kamek very, very well. I'm glad she went down and filmed what she did. Uh, but the truth is, the administration has been knowing about this potential formula, baby formula, uh, shortage for quite some time now. It's the Biden administration's FDA 
that uh, that participated in the shutting down of that Michigan Abbott uh, facility that manufactures baby formula. Uh, and and what is what what is just so frustrating, uh, Chris, for me, for our members, for Americans all over this country, it's just the 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 like head in the clouds kind of blasé. Uh, uh, no big deal kind of attitude that the administration has with all of these crises. I mean, they are not doing anything to address this crisis. I mean, if if I were the president, and I'm not, I mean, tell me why they couldn't go into that facility in Michigan uh, with hazmat suits on, spray chlorine uh, water, all over that facility, wipe it down, dry it out, and put it back into operation. How long would that take? A week or so? I mean, I can't imagine it would take that long to get rid of any kind of bacteria that that, that might be there. I, I, I just don't understand why this is not a priority. Well, I'll tell you what, you give me 72 hours and my old sanitation team and we'll do it because uh, when I worked my way through Bible College in Mount Vernon, Ohio, I actually worked at a baby formula plant at Loma Linda Foods. And uh, that's what I did uh, working my way through Bible College was I was in sanitation. We had a very high rated facility. And I would, you know, when you talk about janitor and a drum, I literally was that guy. We would have to get in these vats and drums and scrub them down and you know we took great pride in what we did and by the way the abbott plant in the news has come out uh even the bacteria that was discovered there was a terrible thing of course where uh some bacteria that was discovered some baby formula i think there was like six infants that died um that wasn't even an association with the Michigan Abbott plant, so uh, that wasn't even related back to them. So this should not have this this plant should not have been shut down by, for this long, creating this crisis. And as you say, a very blasé uh, attitude from this administration. Uh, they just don't seem to uh, care about being a- accountable to the American people. And uh, you know that brings up another question as well. It's like. The way that the election went and the arrogance that pursued uh, followed it uh, with the way that this administration is handling everything from foreign policy to domestic policy to the largest inflation rate in 40 years, a very uh, casual, uh, care-for-nothing type attitude when Americans are really hurting out there. And we're going to get to inflation in a minute. But uh, just to wrap up this whole idea, so the outrage here is not that Kat Kamerick uh, exposed this or talked about the warehouses of baby formula on the border. The outrage should be, what in the world is the American government uh, giving a vital resource that American families need down there on the Mexican border? I mean... Congressman, what what would people be saying in your district about that? Well, I can tell you what they are saying. They're saying that it's a, it's a, it's a disaster. I mean, because our grocery stores are uh, are having a problem stocking baby formula too. This is a problem all over the country, uh, and and it goes back to the basic uh, concern. This administration continues to create crises after crises. Uh, and yet they have no plan on what to do once the crisis is created, whether it's the energy crisis, 
uh, whether it's the baby formula crisis, whether it's the uh, border crisis and the crime crisis, they have no plan on what to do other than to blame somebody else for their problems. We're talking with Congressman Bill Johnson of Ohio's 6th District. In fact, we encourage you to go to the Ohio Christian Alliance website and look at the new congressional map and to see the counties that now encompass the 6th Congressional District. Your district changed a little bit with the redraw of the maps. Congressman, what are some of the new counties that are in your district? Well, it did. It did. We've got about 375,000 new voters, uh, largely coming from... Uh, the northern two-thirds of Mahoning County, about three-quarters, right at three-quarters of Stark County, and uh, almost three-quarters of uh, Tuscaroras County. So I, I'm, uh, I've got a lot of folks to get to know over the next few months, but I'm excited about that. Uh, you know, our district, our current district, is the longest district east of the Mississippi, so I'm used to covering a lot of territory. This is going to be a smaller geographic district uh, because Washington County, which right now is in the center of that long, snaky district along the river, uh, it is the bottom of the new district. And, uh, and then it goes up to Trumbull County and west into Stark County. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about all the new voters that I've got. Well, and for those folks in those new counties to get to know you uh, and the work that you've been doing in Washington, and in a couple weeks, I'm, I'm going to have you back on the program because we're going to talk about the D-Day Prayer Project that we've been working on for 11 years in Congress. This was one of the first pieces of legislation that you introduced, and it's going to be a monumental success here this year, finally. We are getting to the construction phase and the dedication phase of adding FDR's D-Day Prayer in in its entirety at the World War II Memorial. And, Congressman, you were our House sponsor. Senator Portman was the Senate sponsor. Uh, it was S-1044 that actually went through Congress, was uh, passed by both chambers and signed by President Obama. But then the real work began of raising the funds, working with the Park Service and the Friends of the World War II Memorial, and uh, gifts that came in from across the country, from veterans and veterans' families, and, uh, of course, all the prayer support, because it's no small task to add a prayer or anything to the the uh, mall in Washington, but we're going to be adding this prayer in its entirety, and it's going to be a wonderful tribute to the 16 million Americans who served us in World War II, and truly for all of our veterans who served us uh, in all the decades of service to this country. And uh, we want to commend you and your work and commitment to that over the years. Uh, it, it'll be a great day. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Well, Congressman, you know, we just talked about what people are facing every day at the gas pump, uh, what they're facing on the grocery shelves, if, it, uh, if, if products are there, how expensive they are. We're facing a 40-year high in inflation rate. Uh, I actually, going back to Bible college, uh, I was actually going through Bible college in the early 80s. I remember that. And uh, it was very difficult, you know, for a struggling Bible college student that was working his way through school and starting, uh, you know, a, a marriage and a young family, uh, what that was like. And uh, God got us through it, but it was not easy. Here we are again. I can't imagine what it's like for young families facing these skyrocketing prices at the grocery store, at the gas pump. Uh, everything actually has gone higher because of inflation rates. Your thoughts? 
Yeah, uh, you're exactly right, Chris. And 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 a lot a lot of the driver, one of the biggest drivers of this skyrocketing inflation, is the uh, is the cost of energy. I mean, today uh, marks a milestone. I'm sure you're probably aware because you you pay attention to these kind of things. But today is the first time that the average cost of gasoline in all 50 states, every state in the union, is over four dollars a gallon. The average across the country is is right at four fifty, a little higher. Uh, but uh, but every state now has uh, average gas prices over four dollars. A gallon. I know it's it's anywhere from 440 to 460 in uh, in Marietta, Ohio. And uh, why is that the case? It's because the Biden administration completely reversed all of the Trump administration's energy and energy independence policies, and we've stopped producing. Uh, uh, we're about 1.5 uh, million barrels of oil a day less than what we were at the height of 2019 when we were energy independent for the first time in 70 years. I mean, the Biden administration is going to countries like Iran and uh, 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 Venezuela and even Russia up until a few weeks ago buying energy resources from them instead of producing our own. So this is this is crazy. And energy factors into everything, not only the price of gas at the pump, but it takes energy to transport goods to market. It takes energy to make those goods in the first place. It takes energy to cook them. Once you get your groceries home, if you can find what you're looking for, it takes energy to heat and cool your home and cook your food. So the cost of energy is a major, major driver in inflation. And it's all because of Biden policies. And of course, uh, the environmentalists in his administration are thrilled that gas is this expensive because they're saying, well, it will drive people to want to buy more electric cars or find alternative ways for transportation. They care nothing for the average American that is trying to get to work and school every day and the cost of just traveling your daily routine. They care nothing for that. These people have such a delusion of their own belief system. Uh, Congressman, it's just, it's madness, and yet it's what the policy is coming out of the Biden administration. Your thoughts? It it is maddening, uh, Chris, because these people, look, I'm not against electric vehicles, but everybody needs to understand These electric vehicles are not being charged with wind and solar and battery-fed energy. They're being charged with electricity that's produced from coal-fired power plants, natural gas-fired power plants, and uh, nuclear-fired power plants. We had a hearing today uh, in uh, Energy and Commerce, and I questioned the EPA administrator about how they could continue with a straight face with all of these EPA regulations that's making it difficult for coal-fired power uh, to be used in America and and the dozens and dozens of coal-fired power plants that are going to come offline uh, over the next couple of years because of these EPA regulations. 
And they don't even understand the questions we're asking them, Chris, let alone having reasonable answers uh, for ensuring our grid reliability. They seem hell-bent and determined to, to make America live off of wind and solar and renewable energy, and it's just simply not possible. We already are hearing about energy shortages out west. Uh, Governor Newsom of California uh, retracted his push to stop uh, to take offline one of the nuclear plants in the on the California coast, realizing that that nuclear plant uh, provided so much energy that if they were to take that off, they were looking at a catastrophic failure of the western grid. I mean, this is real stuff that the liberal media is not covering in this country. And, you know, Congressman, I thank you for coming on today and talking about these issues, because what is happening right now is a dissimulation and, and a, a diversion of real information to the American public. We used to be able to turn on the 6 o'clock news and basically hear the news. We would hear basically facts as they were uh, half of events across the country. Now, there may be a little bit of a bent uh, one way uh, or another, but you would hear basically the news of what uh, was happening in the country. That is not so today. These major media networks now are very much lockstep with the Democratic Party, with the liberal consensus, and so a lot of these storylines don't get out. However, there is some exceptions. We realize that some things are starting to happen. Even big tech and its uh, uh, its uh, monopoly is starting to break up, but it hasn't yet. Elon Musk is te- he has announced his interest to buy Twitter, but that deal hasn't gone through yet. And I can tell the folks on this broadcast that we tried to again boost our nonpartisan voter guide for more people to be able to see and uh, receive information about the candidates again twitter blocked us from promoting it that's gone on for the last six or seven years we know what censorship is congressman we've experienced it in real time you and your uh fellow congressmen are also facing it where the social media platforms limit your free speech of the things that you're trying to get out to your people your comments about that well you can better believe that that reforming big tech and holding big tech accountable uh, and when I say big tech, I'm talking about Facebook, Twitter, Google, uh, uh, Snapchat, you name it, all the biasing uh, and censorship that's going on, the tamping down of free speech. That is going to be uh, high, very, very high on the priority, uh, priority list for the agenda of the Republican Party uh, when we take back the House in, in November. I'm confident that that's going to happen. Uh, and I look forward to being able to bring administration officials in, to bring these corporate officials in, uh, and begin the process of, of transforming big tech uh, and make them accountable, not only to, uh, to, to the rule of law, but make them accountable to the American people. We're talking with Congressman Bill Johnson of Ohio's 6th District, and you want to go to the Ohio Christian Alliance website and look at the new Congressional 6th District, which includes Mahoning County, Columbiana, uh, parts of Stark County, Carroll, parts of Tuscarora's County, Harrison, Jefferson, Belmont, Noble, 
Monroe, and Washington County. It's a new district that was uh, drawn after the redraw of the district lines. Become familiar with that. Congressman Johnson is running again for re-election as a Republican, and he'll be on the November ballot. Congressman, uh, the $40 billion to Ukraine. Of course, Christians everywhere are praying for the people of Ukraine. The humanitarian crisis there is one in tugs upon our heart. However, for American interests to be again involved in a conflict, and this time Russia's on the other side, it's a very uh, touchy situation and one in which uh, makes everyone quite nervous, quite honestly. Uh, the $40 billion, are we going to have an audit on that? Is that going to be used for humanitarian uh, purposes uh, mainly? What, what, what's your thoughts on the $40 billion? Will it Will it pass? Uh, and if uh, what, what's in it? Well, well, Chris, first of all, let me, let me say, you, you talked about the World War II Memorial Prayer Act. Very, very important. When we went into uh, Europe uh, uh, in World War I and World War II, Chris, we went in late. Uh, and because we went in late, millions of people died as a result. Keep in mind that America is the guardian of the gate of freedom. Um, we have a moral obligation to do everything we can short of putting boots on the ground and pulling the trigger ourselves to give the Ukrainians the tools they need because they sit on the border of the other Balkan countries that are part of NATO. Vladimir Putin, we know, doesn't intend to stop with the Ukraine. He wants to reconstitute the former Soviet empire. But let me get to this $40 billion because you made a statement earlier about how uh, the media basically tells the American people what it wants to, not always the truth. Uh, you know, I didn't name this bill, the Ukrainian Relief Act, or, or whatever it was called. Only about 14% of that $40 billion goes directly to the Ukraine. A large portion of it, over 30%, uh, uh, I'm sorry, 35%, goes to the Ukraine. 30%, Chris, goes towards supporting the American troops that were deployed to hold Vladimir Putin accountable and to stare at him across the border in Poland and, uh, and uh, uh, other countries right around the Ukraine, and also to replenish the stockpile of weapons that we sold to the Ukrainians so that they could defend themselves. Look, we can't bury our heads in the sand and pretend that what's going on in Europe is just going to go away on its own. It's not going to. And we have a responsibility. So I did support that bill. But it's not $40 billion to the Ukrainians. It's, it's a portion of it, about 35% to the Ukrainians. The rest of it, goes towards securing America's natural secure, national security interests in the region, including supporting our troops and replenishing our arsenal, because we don't know what Vladimir Putin's next move is. Okay. What if he starts popping off nuclear weapons over there? What are we going to do then? Well, we and that's, bury, that's why we're praying. That's well, what, we could very easily be drawn into a broader conflict, and the only thing that Vladimir Putin understands is somebody that's stronger than he is. 
That's why he didn't make this move during the Trump administration. Okay, we've run out of time, Congressman. We're going to have to have you back. Thank you so much for joining us today. Again, Congressman Bill Johnson of Ohio's 6th District. Thank you, Congressman. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe, on D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. I'm Johnette Cruz, and I'm a busy mom. Then a friend told me about TrustBlueReview.com, a new website powered by the Christian Blue Network. She uses it to find trusted Christian-owned businesses. I checked it out, read the helpful reviews, and found a great family dentist. Now I use TrustBlueReview for all my family's needs. For peace of mind, do what I did. Visit TrustBlueReview.com or download their free mobile app from your app store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Review. Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue and we're back, and we're glad that Congressman uh, Bill Johnson of Ohio's 6th District was able to join us, and we just ran out of time. We'll be having him back on the air to talk about vital issues here in just a couple weeks, and of course, the D-Day Prayer Project and an update on that uh, with you on the air. But we want to take some time this uh, segment to talk about the annual Spring Freedom Banquet that we held last Thursday at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Columbus. Our keynote speaker was Rick Santorum. We are also joined by State Attorney General Dave Yost, Secretary of State Frank LaRose, and State Treasurer Robert Sprague. It was a wonderful event. We really want to thank all those who uh, helped to make the event and the evening a success, and it was a wonderful time of really just encouragement as we gather together to celebrate the freedoms that we enjoy in this country, but also to come together to be challenged. And Rick Santorum did challenge us with a tremendous message, and I want to share a little bit about that. And with me on the phone is Melanie Miller, who was, uh, the, the, in fact, she's going to be a state, uh, she is running for state representative in the 67th House District, but she also is the director of the Pregnancy Service Center in Ashland, Ohio, that is a crisis pregnancy center for women that over the years has helped to save 2,000 children from the um, terrible fate of abortion as these mothers decided to keep their children. Melanie, welcome to the program. Hi, Chris. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, thank you. And I know that you're calling from your office right now at the Pregnancy Center uh, Services Center. So thank you for doing that and calling in today. You're welcome. 
Well, I want to share a little bit about what happened on Thursday night. Of course, we want to thank you for, again, presenting patriotic music. You know, it really is a cathartic to the folks who come. We're living in a culture right now, and the new woke culture, and uh, uh, basically, you know, the people that are down on America and down on our traditions and against our national anthem and all of that kind of thing that we've dealt with over the last few years. Uh, it's really beaten down the saints, as it were. But when we come together for the Freedom Banquet, we just bellow out those great hymns of the of the Republic. Uh, and you did a patriotic medley for us, which was great, which included God Bless America, the National Anthem. Uh, th- this was just a wonderful time. In fact, when we were singing... God Bless America. You know, Bob Burney, uh, who's the radio host from Columbus, he was uh, sitting next to me. He was our MC for the evening. I've never heard Bob sing so loud. <laughs> <laughs> and what's great about that is you have the audience participate with you and sing aloud these great patriotic songs. Your thoughts? Absolutely. I think more than ever, people want to gather together with other patriots, other Christians, and to stand proud for what this country was founded on. And, you know, Chris, I think I even mentioned to you what I love about patriotic music is almost every patriotic song talks about the foundation of America in God. And so I think that's what makes patriotic music so powerful, is that obviously we love our great country, America, but we're also giving honor and reverence to God Almighty, who I believe with all my heart, He is the one that has prospered this country. He's the one that has blessed this nation, and our founding fathers believed in the Creator, and I believe that's why America is is a country that's been set apart from other nations uh, on a different piece of fertile soil with a vast ocean separating us, and we are the light of the world. So I, I love patriotic music, and I absolutely love when people sing with you. And I I will tell you, uh, Chris, too, I got chills as I was leading the group because of how proud people sang those songs that we all know and love. Yes, absolutely. We're talking with Melanie Miller. She is the director of the Crisis Pregnancy Center, now known as Ashland Pregnancy Care Services in Ashland. She just recently had her annual event, and it was a packed house of 650 with Elvita King as the keynote speaker, and what a great time that we had there. We'll talk about that in just a minute, but I want to go back to the uh, Freedom Banquet in Columbus last Thursday, because Rick Santorum, who ran for president, actually, in 2012, uh, we called it the Santorum Surge. We actually hosted him that year and had a packed house at the Hilton there in Polaris. And uh, Rick came up a little short in Ohio, and he missed being the nominee that year. In fact, Mr. Romney concedes later that if Rick had won Ohio, and he only missed it by 12,000 votes, Melody, that close, wow. from being the presidential nominee of 2012 that would have challenged the second term of Barack Obama, but uh, Mr. Romney concedes that if Rick Santorum won Ohio, he said, we were done. We were spent with cash. We were exhausted. Uh, it was the last straw. If we'd lost Ohio, then uh, Rick would have been the nominee. And so it was just that close. So in a way, it, the Lord had his way with Rick Santorum, and he has continued. He's a statesman, uh, former senator, of course. He speaks all over the country. He's a um, Contributor for Newsmax Television, also uh, an ad, ad, uh, advisor to Convention of States, and really 
He has a powerful message right now. He spoke at the National Religious Broadcasters about 10 weeks ago, their national convention, gave a powerful testimony of his own personal faith coming to Christ when he was in Congress, actually, uh, and he was only 36 years of age, and then uh, how that started him down the road to actually champion the pro-life cause. Well, Rick and his wife, they actually have quite a story themselves. Many of you know his uh, youngest daughter, Bella, is severely handicapped. And when she was born with a disease, a disabling disease, they thought that she would only live a few days, maybe a few weeks. Well, Rick announced at the banquet she's now 14 years old, and Bella's story still continues. And I want to read from the email we sent out to our membership. And Melanie, I want you to comment on this after I'm uh, finished reading. Rick shared a powerful story about his special needs daughter, Bella, whose love continues to touch lives. Excuse me. Bella was not expected to live past a few weeks. She is celebrating her 14th birthday, the book Bella's Gift that Rick and Karen Santorum wrote about their special needs daughter recently found its way into the hands of a woman with a troubled pregnancy who had been told that her baby had developmental challenges. This woman sought to help at a local crisis. She sought help at a local crisis pregnancy center. This crisis pregnancy center counselor gave the book Bella's Gift to the woman who kept the book on her nightstand and saw it every day. She had only read the foreword to the book, and from that she had decided to have the baby and give it up for adoption. As the Lord would have it, Rick's oldest daughter, Elizabeth, and her husband were not successful in starting a family and were seeking to adopt. Rick's oldest daughter, Elizabeth, and her husband were the couple that the pregnancy center contacted for the adoption. The counselor said to the pregnant woman, I know a couple that is seeking to adopt. I just know they're the right couple for your baby. Elizabeth and her husband went to meet the pregnant woman, and she then told them that the, about the book uh, Bella's Gift. She helped, that helped change her mind about having an abortion. But she said, I only read the introduction. That's when Elizabeth told her, Bella is my baby sister, and I wrote the introduction to the book. When Rick shared this, he announced, this is my baby. Uh, this baby is my first grandchild. He urged us to never give up and to keep going and never stop fighting. Your thoughts, Melanie? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think there was a dry eye in the audience, but I love God, how he works and how he is in the details and how he uses all things together for good and that every life that he creates, he has a plan and purpose for that life. And Look at how that mom uh, went to a pregnancy center and got the love and support and the care that she needed and encouraged her to choose a life-affirming option. And look at how God answered the prayers then of Rick's family and daughter and wanting a child. And look at how that all how that all worked together for good. I just think his story was so powerful. Um, and quite frankly, I didn't know his story, Chris. I was so moved. Um, by his his humbleness and his transparency, his emotion. Um, I think more people need to hear stories like this. And, and especially in light of all that's happening in our country, it's just truly a reminder of um, the great work pregnancy resource centers are doing across our nation and how we are assisting women um, with their pregnancies, especially when they have a difficult diagnosis, that they can still, you know, they still can choose life. And um, that child can be a gift and is a gift to a family. So I loved his story, and I think more and more people need to hear that. And 
people's eyes need to be opened and hearts need to be awakened to um, every life is precious. As we anticipate the Dobbs decision that for all intents purposes, these justices, thank God, are not going to change their mind. The intent to uh, release the draft, which is an unprecedented breach of uh, protocol and confidence of the U.S. Supreme Court, the Dobbs decision, of course, is the heartbeat bill uh, case that's before the U.S. Supreme Court. And it was Justices Alito's draft opinion, which, of course, he wrote the majority opinion, the meaning they have enough votes to strike down and change Roe v. Wade to, to strike it down and to uh, end abortion on demand in this country, sending it back to the states. And, of course, many of you have seen some of the protests at the houses of the justices. Again, an unprecedented act. Uh, we're living in a very strange time. You know, Melanie, uh, just before the banquet, you know, you always get dressed, you know, you get ready. We got the suits clean. And, you know, I'm getting my hair done, you know, with a stylist. And uh, and she says to me, she says, I don't even recognize the world I live in anymore. And I said, you know, I know exactly what you mean. We're living in a very difficult time and we're living in a time when anarchists and those who are really the enemies of our faith and of our country and of our uh, godly founding as a country. And as Christians, we feel at a time as if we are on the defense. In fact, Rick was challenging us that night, and he said, you know, folks, we're not winning, but that doesn't mean we give up. And so this great story about Bella, his special needs daughter, who is greatly disabled, who's not able to talk, who hasn't been able to go to school, uh, is not even able to eat, but is fed intravenously, but is able to smile and, and have that love towards the family. You know, Bella's gift that she continues, um, and that book, Still Touching Lives, and now, think about that, she's going to be an aunt. This is, this is, you know, this baby that's been adopted and saved from the, the you know, the destruction of abortion is going to be her little niece. And so this is God's gift. This is what God is doing in, in Rick's life and in, in his family and his and it's such a precious uh, story. But there was other stories that came out that night. I think a lot of people do know that our state attorney general, Dave Yost, he tells a story about a, an adopted girl from a troubled home. That, that adoption was his, his wife, Darlene. She's such a sweetheart. She's such a loving Christian. And she was adopted. And he tells about her adoption story and how that continues to touch lives and save uh, women from the terrible fate of abortion and to save their children. Then we heard from Robert Sprague, our state treasurer, and he shared that uh, just a few weeks ago, that uh, the, they live in allotment in the house next to theirs, just 20 feet away, was burning to the ground. They looked out the window, and it was engulfed in flames. They left their home. They went in the backyard watching this uh, home next to theirs go up into flames, and they thought that it was going to catch their home on fire. And his wife says, do we need to go in to get anything else of value? And he looked around, and he said, everything of value is right here. And it was his family. Your thoughts, Melanie? It is powerful. It's uh, definitely, I, I definitely think our eyes are being opened to how precious family is in these, in these days. Um, life is truly a miracle, and it is a gift. And I think more and more, I love Robert's story, just a reminder of, we can get really busy. Life happens. We get busy with commitments and our, our work. 
But at the end of the day, our family is what is most important. And that really is what is the bedrock of our communities is families, families and families need to be protected. They need to be strengthened. They need um, the resources and the support. Um, I, I absolutely loved the theme all night long of the bank, Chris. It was really God, although I'm sure each one of the individuals that spoke didn't speak to one another. I love how God, though, that the, how he wove in and out through the evening the, the sanctity of life and how important family is. And that's really what is going to change this country, is if we can protect family, we can strengthen and build families and protect life, because that is the fundamental right in this country, is that we are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, and among these are life, liberty, right, freedom, and the pursuit of happiness, so quality of life, so we can thrive and, and have an abundant life, because God has great plans for each one of us. Love, love the whole message all evening. Great reminder. And a great challenge to us as well, that there's so much that is yet to be done. It's that where we're winning on the life issue. And in fact, our work just be, is beginning. In fact, Rick said, he challenged, he said, it is now, <clears throat> when the, this decision comes down, it is now time to shore up your pro-life laws in Ohio because of, of abortion states like New York and California and Washington State. They're going to continue with their radical abortion policies, but states like Ohio and Indiana, uh, Michigan, they need to move forward with pro-life legislation that will protect the unborn. You know, uh, many of you are thinking, well, we have the heartbeat bill. We, Well, the heartbeat bill is in the courts, so we need to move now to really uh, abolish abortion in Ohio. This is the time to do it with this decision coming from the U.S. Supreme Court. And it's slated, Melanie, to happen in June is when the announcement will come down. So the court's not going to be hurried up in its original announcement uh, schedule from the intimidation of protesters. Uh, and again, thankfully, that the court will not be changed uh, in its decision, uh, these justices, and pray for them. But it's time for all of us, really, to, uh, you know, man up and woman up, as it were, and to get into the fight and, uh, you know, to try to make a difference, to be the beacons of freedom in a time of difficulty right now. And we're seeing that in our country. There's great darkness in our country, and spiritually. Uh, you know, the occult uh, with Satanism and, uh, you know, paganism is on the rise in this country, not Christianity. Uh, among our young people, they're actually uh, glomming on to the occult and Satanism and paganism, uh, not uh, not gravitating towards Christianity, and it's a time for us as Christians. Uh, what are we waiting for? This is the time in which we're to be determined. And one of the things that Rick talked about was the uh, you know there's two genders, male and female. Uh, you know this is God's design. You know wh- why aren't we talking about this in the pulpits? Why aren't we talking about sexuality between men and women and and not uh, LGBTQ? Uh, why are we being pressured into this? And we should make and an, and ha- make a stand and uh, speak the truth. Your thoughts on that, Melanie? I I totally agree. We need men and women who are not afraid to stand up for truth. God tells us in His Word to be strong and courageous, don't be afraid or discouraged, for He will be with us wherever we go. That's Joshua 1, 1, 1 through 9, or many times. Three times He tells us in that Scripture to be strong and courageous. And we need people who are going to champion the values of the Bible and to stand up. I, feel, I really believe, Chris, one of the reasons we're in the state we are in in our country 
is because people of faith have stayed silent. And so now more than ever, we have got to allow our voices to be heard. We need to unite together and stand up for for biblical values. And so we can take back this great country. Want you to visit our website. Uh, that's the Ohio Christian Alliance. And if you want to see some of the pictures from the night, uh, it's right there on the front page. And just click on that uh, collage of pictures, and then it will take you through some of the photos of the evening, and you'll be able to have that. Also, we are trying to track down the actual message that Rick gave. Uh, we're hoping to get that audio available for you as well. It's a very powerful message that he delivered that night. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back on the other side with some closing thoughts. Don't go away. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe. On D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. Hello, everyone. I'm Congressman Bill Johnson of Ohio's 6th Congressional District. And thank you for coming out tonight to the Ohio Christian Alliance's annual Spring Freedom Banquet. I really wish I could be there with you in person, but Congress is in session and I'm here in Washington, D.C. So 11 years. Wow. That's how long it's taken to get us to this point. And that's how long ago it was when the World War II Memorial Prayer Act journey actually began. The World War II Memorial Prayer Act was finally signed into law in 2014. This was one of the first pieces of legislation I tackled upon being sworn into office in January of 2011. I'm so proud to have teamed up with Chris Long and Senator Rob Portman to help make this happen. But the project didn't just require legislation. There was a financial component to it. So most importantly, I'm proud to have led a group of individuals, including many of you in the audience tonight, who made small contributions to get us where we are today. The groundbreaking is scheduled to start very soon, and the dedication ceremony is on track to take place this November. Simply put, Senator Portman and I may have gotten the legislation passed, but it was your effort and the grassroots work of the Ohio Christian Alliance that got us to the finish line. The legislation stipulated that no public funds could be used to install the prayer inscription at the World War II Memorial, so we had to do it on our own. And we did. But what exactly did we do? On June 6, 1944, on live radio, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt asked his fellow American citizens to join him in prayer as American troops were landing in Normandy, launching one of the most dangerous and complicated operations and starting one of the most bloody battles of World War II. Knowing the terrible odds our troops were facing as they crossed a quarter mile of open beach under heavy Nazi fire, President Roosevelt beseeched God on behalf of an anxious nation 
in one of the largest mass prayers in history. Once FDR's D-Day prayer is installed at the World War II Memorial, it'll serve as an important and meaningful addition to the memorial, which is visited by more than 5 million people each year, providing a space to reflect on and to remember the more than 400,000 American souls lost during the war. We are fulfilling the promise we made to the veterans to get this project done. But we couldn't have done it without your financial and prayer support. So thank you for supporting both this project and the critically important mission of the Ohio Christian Alliance. God bless. And that was a message by Congressman Bill Johnson at the banquet on Thursday night. And we're going to have a complete update for you in a time schedule of the D-Day Prayers dedication later this year. And Melanie, I want to invite you to come and participate because we're going to have our own ceremony there that day. The friends are going to have one, we're going to have one, and we'd like you to be a singer at the uh, dedication that the Ohio Christian Alliance will have for the D-Day Prayer Project uh, in November. Would you do that? Wonderful. I would be absolutely honored. Well, and I know the veterans that will come will love to hear you you <laughs> sing for sure. And, of course, we'll keep you all updated on the actual time schedule. I think it's going to be Veterans Day is what they're really pushing for. Wonderful. Well, Melanie, tell us uh, the website where folks can follow you at the Pregnancy Services Care Center in Ashland. Yes. Our website is ashlandcarecenter.org, so www.ashland carecenter.org. And what a great work that you do. It is a wonderful banquet with Ovita King and a tremendous turnout. And uh, the, the, the folks responded, and it, you're going to be helping so many families this year. And what I, One of the things I really like about what you do is you help the, the ladies but you and the children, but you also help their boyfriends, and which end up becoming their husbands, and you're actually helping to start new families, which is great. God bless yeah. you for that. Thank you so much. And you know, men are a very important part of the equation. Too many men have not had a role model in their life, and we need to change the narrative in this country so that fathers are not absent, but that they know what their responsibility is, and that they can truly be the leaders for their children and for their homes. Well, that's right, and God bless your staff that works. We heard from some of the ladies that actually meet with the women and have sessions with them and training sessions, and I love what you're doing with breastfeeding with the women, and of course that's needed now when you look at the baby formula shortages. By the way, do you have the baby formula uh, that you need at the center, or what's the need there? We do. We have lots of formula, but as you can imagine, just like each adult has our own preferences on foods and maybe sensitivities, so do babies. There's no difference. So we try the best that we can if there is a special type of formula or sensitivity to try to find those. But we are doing well. But if people want to help centers and you see formula on the shelves in the community, make sure you pick that up and drop that off at your local pregnancy center. Absolutely. Melanie Miller, thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me, Chris. And thank you for blessing us at the Freedom Banquet with wonderful music. We appreciate it very much. You are welcome. And if you missed any of today's program, you can hear it in its entirety at our website at ohioca.org. And again, uh, following us on the web, and actually if you want to follow the D-Day Prayer Project, go to ddayprayerproject.org. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. God bless.
You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.